Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, Charlotte Hornets fans? It is I, Darian Thomas, your host of the Trust the Buzz podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. And we have a great, wonderful, exciting, hopeful episode for you today because in today's episode we're going to be talking about everything media day related but before we get into that please use code believe at betonline.ag once again that's code believe to get 50 percent matched to whatever you put in so make sure you go ahead and do that and please bet responsibly but like i said I want to get that out the way. You know, this is part of the whole podcast thing. Got to make sure I get that stuff right. But anyway, the main thing, like I said, we're here to talk about today is the media day shenanigans. Everything from LaMelo Ball to Frank Nielakina. And depending on how you look at the roster, actually, that may not be like that big of a discrepancy. But you get what I'm saying. You get what I am saying. There's so much to talk about. I'm going to talk about media day in the perspective of every single player on this roster, except Kai Jones, obviously, because Kai Jones just is not was not available at media day because we know he was excused from the team. Um, and if you did not know, I can briefly go over that. So we're going to go over every single player on the roster. I don't want to hold you any longer. I know that I've been trying to add like new small little things to the podcast just because, you know, one to liven things up It is the off season, but we have so much to talk about today. I will not be doing that today. So forgive me. Um, I, I promise you as soon as the season starts, we'll probably have like a more fleshed out uh, podcast platform or, or yeah, basically a plot podcast. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess more of a fleshed out podcast script i guess is maybe the better way to put it um but right now we're all about media day so i'm trying to figure out how i'm going to do this as far as like with the roster should i go by number you know what i I pulled up i pulled up the roster on basketball reference and we're just going to go top to bottom so there's i don't think there's any real yeah, I'm looking at it. There's no real because the numbers are not even on here. There's no real uh, order, so I'm just I'm just follow this. So if it sounds out of whack, it's probably because it's out of whack. But anyway, the first person we're going to talk about is Nick Smith Jr. And I mean, obviously, anything that Nick Smith Jr. says in um, the media day isn't going to be looked at as important. But here, everything is important. Everything a single player says is going to be important. And essentially what he talked about is that he got in runs with guys early and often. A lot of players were saying they like how he plays. They say he picks up the game quickly, which matched up to what he ended up saying as far as being able to get in runs with these guys, especially guys like Terry Rozier. He was kind of able to you know, find out, you know, understand some moves that Terry Rozier does and say, maybe I can incorporate that into my game. Terry's been in the league. Terry has been somewhat successful in the league. There are some things that he does that I should probably take note of, especially considering you would see Nick Smith Jr. playing a very similar role in the offense as the Terry Rozier. Um, So I I think that was a good idea to, like you said, to kind of study Terry and kind of study his moves. And Terry said he picks up quick. You like how he plays. Nick Smith Jr. seems healthy. I think that's the biggest one of the biggest, biggest things. Um, his health is the reason he fell from being a top five pick to us getting him at 27. Uh, yeah. At 27. So yeah, I'm just very excited to see what he does on the floor. I know that in the summer league, they try to work him as like a true point guard. That's just not his style. That's just not who he is. He's more of a two that can kind of play the one, but, um, yeah, I think that, you know, he obviously proved that he's already a smart guy. It seems like he's getting well accommodated with the team. It seems like the team has, you know, been receptive to him. So I'm interested to see where that goes as far as into the season. I know there was one question also asked of him of uh, what will be more valuable, him kind of getting like sparing, you know, like garbage time minutes in the NBA or playing full games in the um in the G League. Um, and that was asked by my guys over at the Buzzbeat podcast. So if you are love Charlotte Hornets content, you want more podcasts, please go listen to the Buzzbeat podcast. I've been on there once and I should have been on there twice, but both times they reached out to me um, to do it after the first time I did it. 
I was out of town. I was out of town and unable to do it. So it sucked. But those are some great guys over there. So please go check them out. But anyway, one question that they asked them, like I said, was, would you rather kind of have garbage time in the NBA or kind of have like, you know, the full time in the G League? He answered that both can be valuable. You know, of course, playing against NBA players in the NBA is what everybody wants to do. But um, you know, playing in the G League, getting the reps in is also just as important. So it's important to get the reps. It's important to kind of see what works and what doesn't work, you know, refine your game. But it's also important to kind of go against legit NBA talent if you are, you know, obviously playing NBA games. And I, I think that's the best way he could have answered that because it's true. I would like to see him kind of get the keys to the offense in the G League and kind of let him ball out. Um, but if they need him on the main roster for whatever reason, then I would like to see him get some minutes. Then I know. I, it wasn't I, maybe not last year, but the year before there were some times where we had a lot of garbage minutes and like James Book and I wasn't getting minutes. Kai Jones wasn't getting minutes. JT Thor wasn't getting minutes. And this is like I said, two years ago, James Borrego. But it was frustrating because we were either blowing a team out or getting blown out. And it was like, this is a perfect time to put these guys in. And I know some people believe in the, uh, you know, you got us into this mess as far as like referring to like the key guys, you get us out or you deal with it. Like you deal with the consequences of letting the team blow you out. But I think some of that is coming to bite us in the butt. I, do I really believe that if James Borrego put in James Button a couple more times during a blowout or Kai Jones a couple more times in a blowout would their careers be on a different trajectory? No, I don't, I don't believe that, but it, it just wouldn't hurt. It just wouldn't hurt in my opinion. It, it would do more for them than it would do for LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, et cetera, et cetera. So that is what I'll say about that. But I do hope to see a lot of Nick Smith Jr. in the NBA because I do feel like he's NBA ready. Um, but I do know, understand that he's kind of a scorer. That's what he does. Um, and so getting those reps, kind of getting his moves in, kind of figuring out, OK, this is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do, because it's not like the G League is not NBA talent. A lot of those guys in there are NBA players, NBA caliber players. So. Playing in the G is going to be very important for him. Um, and if he can, you know, work on his game, refine his moves, uh, move off ball, kind of get some reps at being a true point guard, even though I don't think that's his full-time position. But being a guard, you need to at least be able to do both even a little bit. So the G League would be the best place where he can get those minutes. Next was Teo Maladon. Um, he's on a two-way, and I believe another a question was asked to him, and I believe by it was by my people at uh, BuzzBeat. So shout out to those guys once again. But they asked him um, if he was disappointed in not getting like a real NBA contract. And I mean, he had he had a good answer. Um, essentially, he was just, you know, kind of saying, you know, who who wouldn't want to. It's one of those situations, again, of who wouldn't want, you know, fully guaranteed NBA deal or, some, or something. But he, you know, happy for the opportunity um, is ready to show what he can do. I, I think Taylor Maladon's a pretty good NBA player. Yes, he could shoot a lot better, but. As far as like his basketball IQ, a lot of the plays he was able to make for us last year, especially just weird the way we kind of drug him into the um, onto the team, I think he did phenomenal. To be honest with you, and yes, uh, being around that team, uh, we didn't have our best players. You know, injuries. Miles Bridges was gone. It was just a transition year. I'm pretty sure like everyone in the building knew Michael Jordan was going to sell the team. It, it was a lot going on last year, but it, on the floor, off the floor, around the floor. So I, it's hard to judge judge anybody's play during that time as like that's who they are, that's who they're going to be. So seeing him, I mean, his career-wise, he tail Maldon has not been a good shooter, but I think that he did make some good play. He just has good basketball IQ, um, and I think he plays hard. I, you can do that, then, hey, the other stuff I think will fall into place. If anything, But I think the basketball IQ is the most important thing, especially considering we need a backup point guard. If he does show that he can be that, it would be a cheap option, but I think a good option at the same time. Would a high-octane high offense like the Charlotte Hornets have when fully healthy? Do you need Tail Maldon to be this offensive juggernaut? Not really, even if he is coming off the bench. You just need him to take care of the ball and play make for the other players on the bench. And I think he can kind of do that to an extent now. So uh, that's why I truly believe that Tail Maldon, a good pickup on a two-way. Um, excited to see what he does in the G League as well because he'll get them reps for sure. And I like to see what him and Nick Smith Jr. do because I think, you know, going forward, that could really be a lineup that gets pushed out of having, you know, Taylor Maldon, Nick Smith Jr. on the bench lineup and seeing what they can do. So we might get full, you know, some early looks at that uh, through the G League. 
And so the next player on here is Edmund Summer. I didn't see anything from him. Um, that, and that's kind of why I waited to do it instead of the day of, just in case I missed some stuff and I still didn't see. Now, granted, did I look that hard? No, but um, I, I still didn't see anything from him. Not to say he didn't say anything. I just didn't see. But um, if you have not watched the video, the video on my YouTube channel of kind of, actually, I have not even released it. So I lied. You, you wouldn't have not have seen this video. But basically, I made a video talking about Ed, Edmund Sumner. Um, and essentially, what he's going to do is he's not going to be an elite shooter. He's not going to be an elite playmaker. He's not going to be any of that. He's going to be a guy that you want on the floor that can play defense and that gives that energy. And, and I kind of compared him to Kelly Oubre in that extent. Kelly Oubre obviously averaged like 20 last year. Uh, we know there's times Kelly Oubre can be on fire. I'm not comparing their basketball skill, but we know that Kelly Oubre would like flex and do these weird, like, you know, and the kiss. Like, he just had that swagger about him. He had that intensity about him. And, you know, he would talk to the players. Um, he, he was just verbal. Edmund Sumner is not that as far as he doesn't do it in that way, but he's the type of type of guy where you're going to see him give it all his all night in night out. And that's going to ignite the other players. I think every team needs someone like that, having him at the point guard position. Cause he is kind of just like a guard, um, like a, basketball stat wise, you may not get what you want from him, but as far as just getting the guys hyped every, every night, just diving for loose balls, fighting for rebounds, just being that guy on the floor that is just going to show his emotion and kind of just get guys hype. I really value that, and I think that if he brings that intensity and continues to play defense like he has been, then I think Edmund Summer is going to be a very good player for us um, in in those minutes. I'm not expecting him to average 10, 15 minutes a game, but there will be time. There will be like you know periods of the season where he may, but even is if he averages three, four minutes a game, I think that those will be an important three to four minutes uh, for whatever reason. If Lamelo's in foul trouble, Frank Nielkin is in foul, whatever the case may be, I think Edmund Summer is going, that's kind of like one of my bold predictions is that Edmund Summer makes the roster and that I think he's going to be a valuable piece as far as just one of those hometown hero guys, not, not hometowns and he's from the Carolinas, but hometown as in all the fans of the Hornets, we really value him. So if he were to ever leave other teams, other fans of other teams would be like, why y'all care so much that you're losing Edmund Sumner? Because we saw, you know, everything he puts on the line for this team. And I, and I think that's the kind of player we're getting. And I'm excited to see uh, what that looks like. Next is RJ Hunter. We've talked about RJ Hunter on and on this podcast and on the YouTube channel. There's not really much to say. He's a sharpshooter. He hasn't had that much time in the NBA, and I don't really expect him to be on a roster. However, he does fit a need as far as shooting, so we'll see what he can do. Steve Luke left, and I think went to Boston, which is an amazing pickup because he was he was lights out. Um, so so uh, with his in his time in Charlotte, so that was crazy. But yeah, RJ Hunter, I don't think he's going to be anything more than that. I, I don't. I mean, we'll see, but I, I don't think there's much to expect. Uh, Nathan Mensa. Uh, from what is it, New Mexico State, San Diego State? I always, every time I mention him, I always say New Mexico State. Um, I didn't see much from him either as far as media day, but I don't even know if he's going to be on the roster. But he is a guy that, um, I think will be interesting to have on our G League because with what we don't know what's going on with Kai Jones, maybe having him around would be good because James Najee's still overseas and he's getting actually some quality minutes over there and looking good, so that's good. But, um, oh, maybe that'll be a good idea to like enter to have like a section of like oh let's check into james Najee this week or this month or something i don't know we'll figure it out but nathan mensa i don't i don't expect too much from him i do maybe feel like he'll maybe be on the g league roster uh to just kind of add some of that depth especially like i said we don't know what's going on with kai jones but he's a rim runner he can he block shots he's athletic I mean that's that's really it. That's that's really it. Uh, Nathan uh, Mensa's game, and I and I and I do look forward to seeing what he does do in the G League if he is on the G League roster because he can maybe fill in a stopgap if if um you know let's say Nick you know Nick Riches is out for two to three games or something. I I think if anything they would go to PJ at the five if if they do anything like that. So I'm not really looking for Nathan Mensa to get some minutes, but it just it's just possible. I've seen enough of him to know that he can provide some spot minutes if, if injuries just get that bad. Now, will we win those games? I have no idea, but I, I know he can do it at least for a short amount of time. 
and then we're going with P- PJ. So, uh, of course, PJ just signed his deal, so he just kind of talked to the media, so maybe there, there really wasn't much of anything he said, but there was a lot of things he was just talking about, you know, kind of being ready, kind of being, you know, almost like a veteran, um, getting paid and how, you know, that's a weight off his shoulder. Uh, talking, you know, have glowing reviews of Brandon Miller, talking about how Brandon Miller is, you know, ready to fit with the team. They could see him playing good minutes. Uh, but overall, I just look forward to PJ uh, seeing what he does. He's probably one of our more versatile, at least defensively players, uh, defensive players. And um, I've said that time and time again. I think he was well, he's well worth the money, especially the way that deal works. That deal's insane. Um, but PJ looks like he's just motivated. Um, he's usually seems like an even keel guy. So it's not like he was just like in there hollering or anything as far as being motivated. But he just seems like a guy that's locked in, ready to work. And we need those guys. I mean, I mean, every team needs a guy that's just like, I'm bringing my lunch pail to work. I'm ready to work. And we can have our fun. We can joke. But I'm ready to work. And he seemed like they kind of have that demeanor. Um, and and it's, it's always been like that. So shout out to PJ. Sounds like he's uh, kind of embraced Brandon Miller. And I, I'm going to say that a few times about a few players. Because one, he said it himself. And then Brandon Miller also went on to go on and kind of say that PJ has been one of the guys that's kind of been, you know, on his side and on his hip as far as like helping him get a, a acclimated to the NBA. So shout out to PJ. Really look forward to see what he does this season. Uh, and now we're going on to Frank Nielakina, who today, uh, Steve Clifford actually said that, and this is not part of media day. This is just the first day of training camp or the first day of practice. Uh, he said that he's an elite defender. He said that Frank Nielakin looks really good on defense. And LaMelo Ball mentioned that too. I, I don't remember who asked him. I really couldn't tell. It was like one of those videos where all the cameras are in his face. Really couldn't tell who asked him. But someone asked, like, what do you think of the new guys such as Frank Nielakin and Edmund Sumner? And he mentioned that, you know, not Frank Nielakina by name, but he was saying a lot of the new guys are just play, they played very well defensively and they like to run the floor. I mean, that's exactly what we brought those guys in for, here for. So it looks good to see that they're, that they're doing as advertised, um, it sounds like Nick Franklin Lakina is having a uh, similar training camp already to what we saw from Dennis Smith Jr. last year, where they were saying a lot of the same things. So that's good. Not saying that Franklin Lakina will be Dennis Smith Jr., but to have a guy that, you know, everybody's already acknowledging how good of a defender he is, I think that's good for the future. As far as the future, I just mean this upcoming season. So that's good. And then also Franklin Lakina mentioned uh, some things about he talked to Nick Batum. Oh, man. Was it? It was Nick Patoon, Tony Parker, and someone else, I believe, uh, just talking about Charlotte. And they gave, you know, good reviews. And then also he talked to um, his 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 internal team. Frank Nielakina's internal team has a good relationship with Steve Clifford. So that was another thing that led him to Charlotte. And then he compared LaMelo Ball to Luka Doncic and just said they're both, you know, small. I mean, not smart, um, smart playmakers essentially um and so that's good i mean for those who who care about that i mean i didn't care about a comparison but it was just nice to see to him draw that comparison and just basically see that you know he sees that lamel's a special player um i think it helps players when they make a decision like coming to kind of i'm not gonna lie any player that come no i don't care where you are in your career Coming to Charlotte right now with everything going on is a risk. I, I'm sorry. I, I know there's going to be people who's like, oh, there's no way he or, you know, it's Frank Nielakin. It's not like he had that many options. I guarantee you he may have had some better options. Um, so I, I really appreciate him coming to Charlotte. And then him kind of seeing LaMelo do LaMelo things in practice is is probably good. And and then um, you can easily say, oh, I should have went to here. Or, but seeing that early on, you probably feel like you're in the right hands and made the right decision. I think that's good for just morale. That's one of those things where it's not really basketball related, but basketball can affect it. And that is, in turn, it can affect basketball, depending on you know how it goes. So it's one of those things that's not going to show up on a stat sheet, but I do feel like it's very important. And as much as I'm very like a basketball guy, I want to know the analytics. I want to, you know, the eye test and all that. I also, one thing I try to pride myself on is trying to understand the mental of the game of basketball, of sports in general, because that plays such a huge part on what we see on the court. So, yes, it is a minute detail that Frank Nielakina compared LaMelo Ball to uh, Luka Doncic. But I think it's also very key, in my opinion, just because. Like I said, he took anybody coming to Charlotte right now through free agency is taking a risk, and he took that risk, but he's already seen that LaMelo is a great player, and I hope he's seen the other guys are great players as well. So 
I think that hopefully reassures him about his decision. Just has him ready for the season, essentially. And that was way too much Frank Nielakina talk. Uh, so now we're going on to Leaky Black and Amari Bailey. I didn't see anything from Amari Bailey. Once again, did not look that hard. Uh, but I didn't see anything from Amari Bailey. But I did see him working out a lot. Amari Bailey has been working out a lot. And he went out at the Drake concert. Like, that was the one person Drake brought on. And then... Uh, and then I don't know if you know this, but Drake dated or took Amari Bailey's mom like on a date at Dodger Stadium. It was, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But whatever. It has nothing but to do with basketball. That's one of those things where it has nothing to do with basketball and we should leave it like that. But um, I always see him working out, but I did not see much from him from media day. I'm not saying he wasn't there. I just didn't see it. So please, wherever you listen to this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please leave a comment talking about Amari Bailey if you saw him. But uh, like I said, he's constantly working. It seems like he's ready to work. That That's all we need. I look forward to him. Really like what I saw from him during summer league. In fact, I want to go back and watch his minutes. I might do that. Any And then we're going to Leaky Black, which that will round out our two-way contracts. It will be Teo Maladon, Amari Bailey, and Leaky Black. The only thing I really saw of Leaky Black, they were talking about um, how he was the one that guarded Brandon Miller um, uh, in the North Carolina-Alabama game, and Brandon Miller had a really bad game that game, and Leaky Black was the one guarding him. So he was saying how him and Brandon Miller still kind of chat up about that. But Leaky Black, I'm a UNC fan, so sorry to you Duke fans, NC State fan, Wake Forest fans, East Carolina fans. Did I forget anybody? Elon fans, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Dave uh, Davidson fans. Um Sorry to all y'all Shaw fans, isn't it? Like, yeah, all those schools. Um, yeah, but I'm a UNC fan. I've always liked Leaky Black. I was very excited last year when he decided to come back. Um, unfortunately, the team just didn't perform. But that's besides the point. Uh, Leaky Black, I think he talked to the press well. I think that he's going to be a good guy. I know that it's another UNC guy, and you know how that goes, especially with the Charlotte Hornets. But I think Leaky Black actually is a good one. Yes, he came from UNC, and yes, it's a little bit of like, oh, like maybe there's some better options out there. But I like Leaky Black's, you know, he's a good leader in my opinion. I think that he can also defend very well. It's just his shooting is very, very spotty. But when he hits, he hits. Um, so if he can, you know, get a little better at his shooting and continue to do what he does defensively, he's going to be one of those guys that like sneak onto like one day a Bucks roster, which they just got Daniel Lillard, which is crazy. But like a Bucks roster, a Suns roster and be that guy where it's like, oh, he's getting some playoff minutes and actually is performing pretty well. I, I, he really could be one of those guys. So I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I'm saying defense gets you a long way. Defense can get you on the floor. I think offense, you know, helps you stay on the floor. So he definitely has the defense. So next we are going to talk about Miles Bridges. And we're moving right along. This is, I know this has been, oh, I've already been talking 22 minutes. Okay, so this is why I like podcast because I can ramble a little more and y'all are more like forgiving as opposed to YouTube. I got like edit, 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 edit. Um, But I do, you know, I do upload this to YouTube. So if you do not listen to this on YouTube already, it's Trust the Buzz on YouTube. I'm like at 1,400 subscribers, which is the craziest thing. So let's take a quick break to just thank all of you for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Thank all of you for, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel and, and it's because you're just a solely podcast person, thank you so much for listening to the podcast because that, I really, really appreciate that. There's, I can't explain how important and how valuable this is to me, like for everybody just to be supporting me as I cover this team that has been breaking my heart for years. But just thank you so much. I, I know that's not, you know, media day related, but thank you so much. I, re- I really, really do appreciate that. And I might thank y'all every episode. I don't think y'all understand how much this means to me to kind of build a community of people who want to listen to me talk about basketball. It's just insane. All right. Enough for the, enough for the sappy stuff. Now we move on to Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Uh, press conference was pretty interesting. I didn't see. I know there was some questions about like other stuff, um, but I didn't really see that too much. And even then, I didn't like deep dive into it. The one, the couple things I just really want to talk about is just essentially how Miles Bridges was talking about um, 
how the guys have welcomed him back, you know, with open arms so that, you know, he felt, you know, back at home. He's excited, motivated to play. And it really did seem like he's he's been motivated to play. He's he's kind of ready to get back on the floor. Um, he said he understands he has to earn his spot, earn his spot on the team, as well as earn his spot just like with fans, uh, with the team, like respect from the team and just a whole lot of things. He just seemed very reflective of just understanding kind of the situation and what he needs to do. And he seems like he's ready to put into work to do those things. We know basketball-wise, what Miles Bridges does. We know that, you know, this guy's a great point of attack score. Uh, we know that um, he's a good rebounder, low key, good playmaker. And, you know, we've seen that he also can shoot from the three it from time from time to time. Um, one thing he did mention is that Steve Clifford really kind of has pushed on him like, hey, we need you. We kind of need you to be that defender uh, that we know you can be. You have the body size for it. you have the ability to do it. We just need to see you lock in. And he said that he's ready to do that as well. So very excited to see what Miles Bridges does. Um, before his incident, I keep saying this, but he was my favorite player. I, I really like what he did on the floor. Um, so hopefully, you know, he continues to do those things on the floor and hopefully he also continues to get better off the floor as well. Um, we continue to see good things, uh, and, you know, in stride for him to continue being a better person, um, and a better father and, and all those things. Uh, so now we're moving on to the rook, Brandon Miller. So Brandon Miller I love when Brandon Miller talks because he's he's just very jokey. He's just very, you know, he takes the seriousness out of it. And I can understand if you're like some fans may find that annoying because, you know, our team has been in turmoil forever. But I like it because our team has been in turmoil forever. And he just, you know, Brandon Miller is a good example of just reminding me personally that it's just the game. Yes, I, I love to see with all my heart. Yes, I buy merch and they kind of, I feel like sometimes don't appreciate me buying the merch or doing this or doing that. But Brandon Miller so far has just been a reminder. That this is just a game and everybody's there to have fun. And they're just lucky enough that, you know, something they love to do for fun, something they love to do, you know, to get better, they get paid to do. And, and not everybody gets to say that. So I think, you know, he kind of reminds me of that. Every time I see Brandon Miller, every time I see him talk, that's just what I think of. And so that that's that's a good like aura to have about him. But as far as media day stuff, essentially, he was just talking about how we gained some weight. He has target weight at 210. He said he's been a lot more physical offensively and defensively, which is very good to hear. Um, so he's saying that uh, he can get to the basket a little better. I know PJ talked about him being athletic. I think LaMelo said the same thing, him being athletic, which athleticism was one of my questions about him. Not that he's not athletic at all. I feel like some people this is the thing about I'm in more in the NBA space now. Um, but I, I've seen it in other sports too, but it just seems really bad in basketball. But if I have concerns about a player and a certain ability, people take it out of context and think I can't, I think that player doesn't do that at all. So when it was time to decide who are we getting, Scoot or um, Brandon Miller, one thing I was saying about Brandon Miller is like, I don't see if he has that pop yet. I don't see if he has that explosiveness. And he doesn't need it. Like, we, we there's a lot of players who don't have it, and they're just fine. But I was just saying, as far as, like, coming, coming out of college, uh, that's something I kind of wanted him to have, and he just doesn't have it. Now, he could develop his game in ways to where, like I said, he does not eventually end up even needing it. But as of right now, where his game is, him being a little more explosive, would be very helpful and people took that as i just didn't think he could dunk like it was insane so when he had like that crazy dunk during the summer league i had people mentioning me or or you know like going back and sharing my tweet and be like oh i thought what happened to the brandon miller hey i thought you said he wasn't athletic it's like ah, i didn't say he wasn't athletic i just didn't i said he wasn't athletic as i would want him to be and that doesn't mean he can't dunk or any i didn't say any of that so yeah yeah um a lot of players just raved on how athletic Brandon Miller is, um, how smart he is, how well he you know fits on the floor. And I think that's good. I think everybody says he's ready to play right now. Even Steve Clifford said he'll get minutes early. So I think that's good to hear. I'm still not a fan of the second overall pick coming off the bench. But, hey, it, it is what it is. And it's not even that. You know, rookies are rookies. They're going to make rookie mistakes. They're not obviously going to – there's going to be people on the – especially this team, there's going to be people on the roster who are better than him as of right now, this second. I just, I, something about drafting someone second overall for a team that's not all that. Like, even if we made the playoffs, it's still not like we're just this the, the 76ers. I just don't 
see why he wouldn't start, but there's really a, it's really there's no place to play him right now. As far as like if you're trying to win right now, have your best players on the floor. I get not having him, but it also makes me wonder like where do they end up putting him in general? You know what I mean? So that but that's a topic for another day. Um, everybody rated about his playmaking. Everybody rated about his defense, or everybody rated about him just gaining weight, uh, being a smart player. And I'm excited to see what he does. They say he can shoot. I mean, that's something that's also was said, which Apple said throughout his whole draft process is that he can shoot that ball. So we desperately need that, and he's going to provide that. So looking forward to see what Brandon Miller does, number 24. I know they said something. In, oh man, I wish I could remember what someone said, but they were talking about him being the best 24 in Charlotte or something like that. I can't quite remember uh but it was, it was just a funny exchange I, I i need to find that uh oh and he also talked about gordon hayward as well just kind of being like that bad guy uh making sure he gets on like the 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 what is it called the physician table and just making sure you know you take the ice baths and all that and i mentioned that because gordon hayward is next um on this list and so gordon hayward just kind of talked about you know being able to actually practice this offseason instead of rehabbing because i think the last two off seasons he spent a lot of time rehabbing and so he was saying it felt good to get get some practice in i'm very very excited to see what gordon hayward does you know on this team on the on this on this podcast on my youtube channel wherever you may follow me if that's on twitter at, at trustbuzz t-r-u-z-z-b-u-c-z I've always just been frustrated with Gordon Hayward because he's not available. That's been my only thing. It really hasn't even been the money. It's only been the money because he hasn't been available. When he's been available, I've I've had nothing but great things to say about him. This is the year. It sounds crazy, but this is the year. And this is the year where Gordon Hayward statistically had one of his worst seasons as a Charlotte Hornet, which obviously hasn't been that long, but still has has actually his worst season as a Charlotte Hornet was last year. Everybody's season has such a lot of problems whereas last year set LaMelo but I think this is the year this is the year where his stats are not going to look good statistically it may be his worst season as a Charlotte Hornet this year statistically but as far as his impact on the floor as far as like what he's going to help us do on the court to win games might be his best season yet is if he can stay healthy I really feel that because Gordon Hayward at this stage in his career is not going to be the guy to win you the game. But if you put the pieces around him that kind of that are going to win you the game, he's going to make sure you don't lose the game. He's going to do all the little small stuff. He's going to make the right reads. He's going to you know be serviceable on defense. He's going to hit the corner three uh, when everybody's trying to cover the mellow attack in the basket. He's going, you know, what I'm saying. So that is, I feel like, what we're really going to get from Gordon Hayward. So I'm very, very excited to see what we get. Uh, but I, th- I think that that is what we're going to get. Uh, Gordon Hayward is going to be a very valuable piece. Everybody had great things to say about Gordon Hayward, kind of about him being a leader, being a vet, helping everybody out, especially the young players saying they can lean on him. Bryce McGowan specifically said that. So, and I, that's one of been that's been another thing of mine is saying, okay, how much of a leader is Gordon Hayward? And I've always assumed that he was a leader behind closed doors. It would just be nice, especially considering we weren't having that, you know, too many leaders in general. And so it was like, okay, this is the time for you to step up. You know, I know it's not your style, but it seems like, you know, behind closed doors, he's being even a little more active. At least we're hearing more players talk about it. So I don't know if he stepped it up as far as like being that leader or if, you know, players are just getting more vocal. I don't know which one it is, but it's good to see. Our next player is Nick Richards. So Nick Richards, the only thing I really saw about him was like his illegal screens because <laughs> he does. I think he led the team in illegal screens. Um other than that, didn't really see much, but Nick Richards, backup center, one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA, in the National Basketball Association. And I hope he continues that. Hopefully we don't miss that many shots. So maybe not. I don't know. But Nick Richards, I think, is going to be a very serviceable back, serviceable backup. Um, I think that you have a backup that can come on and average 10 and 10 if, you, if he needed to. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that at all. And I'm not saying he will average 10 and 10 just because, you know, minutes and whatnot. but. It, he can't. He literally can't if you give him the minutes. Um, so Nick Richards, look forward to just what he what he can do. Hopefully, you know, there was times last year where his screens were like kind of weak and then they would lead into an illegal screen. But there was some he had some big body screens as well. So I just hope Nick Nick Richards can continue to be kind of physical. Uh, and, I, and I honestly wouldn't mind the illegal screens. It is what it is. Yes, it may be frustrating in game, but it's it's bad. 
But at least he's being physical, and I kind of would rather have that, at least for where this team is right now. We need some guys to kind of like, okay, you're not just going to run through me. Like, I'm, I'm going to hit you uh, with this screen. So, Nick Richards, continue doing what you're doing. Like I said, it's great to have a guy that can come off the bench and average 10 and 10. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe he could just finish around the basket a little more, be a little more uh, physical as far as, like, attacking on offense under the basket. But overall, I mean, there's not really much to say about Nick Richards. He's on a good team-friendly deal. I think that he could have made more, much more in the open market, especially considering the season he had last year. Um, so, yeah, that's really, that's really it about Nick Riches. Bryce McGowan's. I the, the only thing I saw about him was just kind of continue him wanting to continue to get better, and then also talking about how he's been leaning leaning on Gordon Hayward to kind of you know just understand the game better. Gordon Hayward teaching things on and off the court. That's good to see. Bryce McGowan's had a very very rough. Um, Summer league this past summer, but I think a lot of that was just like the way the summer league team was structured and just kind of how they were coached. I felt like he, they they told him to go out there and just make stuff happen, and he tried to. But his skill set is there, and I'm always I've seen Brandon Miller play in NBA games, real minutes in NBA games. He did not play the same way he played in summer league in a in a good way. Like he played much more level level headed, almost a little too scared. Uh, so if he can find a good balance, I think he'll be fine. I, th- I think he'll be fine. But uh, it was just good to see him. Everybody, And one thing I can say, and I'm just now mentioning it, but I really could say that about everybody. And I think I said it about Brandon Miller. Everybody looks stronger, motivated and stronger. That is like, those are the words I would use for Charlotte Hornets media day. If I had to pick two words, it's motivated and stronger. Because everyone looked more buff, everyone looked more ripped, more cut, and then everybody just based on words, now no actions yet, of course, based on words just seem like they're more motivated than ever to really make something happen. Uh those are those are the two words I would use. That's a good tweet. I'm tweet that. But yeah, those those are the two words and Bryce McGowan's was both of those. Every I think every player, obviously, except for rookies, and even Brandon Miller falls under that to an extent because he looked stronger as well. Um motivated and stronger. Those are those are that's the theme of NBA Media Day. Well, Charlotte Hornets Media Day. All right, so the one person, and we still have a few guys to get to, but the one person whose media day I did not like at all was Cody Martin. And that is because he is still hurt. He's still hurt. And he didn't want to put a timetable on when he can come back. You know, he said he is frustrated with being injured. But, man, he's the only outside of Frank Nielakina, maybe. Maybe. And I'm quickly going through the the roster real quick. Yeah. Outside of Frank Nielakina, maybe. He's our best point of attack defender. Maybe. I mean, technically, you throw PJ in there, but I mean like perimeter guarding guards and whatnot. I've seen him do it on a consistent basis. He does that well. He's also considering that we don't have a legit true backup point guard. He's been a pretty good playmaker in his in his time. It's just him being hurt is just frustrating because you're paying him the money, has not played. He's still injured. We don't really know why he's injured. We know he just had setback, but there's been no communication. And I get that he's frustrated. I'm not really blaming him. But if you want to make the playoffs, something has to be done. Something has to be done. He has to get healthy magically, or you have to go out there and get someone to do what he does. Because he is the – and that's not even – that tells you where the Charlotte Hornets are in terms of – defensive skill. Now, Steve Clifford, I think, will do a tremendous job and get a lot of guys to rise up to the occasion and play better defense. 100%. I 1,000% believe that. But as far as what we've seen in the past and trying to to use that to predict the future, Cody Martin is the best and has been the best point of attack defender. And right now, he's hurt. And if you want to make the playoffs, that's you literally need that. You can't. And Cody Martin really shouldn't be the best, but that's just what we have right now. So... Something has to be done. If there's any trade or anything that 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 happens, it needs to be that. That needs to be addressed somehow, some way. It needs to be someone who can do what Cody Martin does, maybe play make a little bit, but mainly defend because he's the best at it on the roster. He's just not available. He's just not available, and we don't know where we're going to get him. So 
that that's kind of the most frustrating part of it. But overall, Cody Martin, uh, I I mean, I wish for a speedy recovery, not just for basketball reasons, but of course, I couldn't imagine like living life and having like an injury, like a legit injury. It it's crazy. So uh, speedy recovery for Cody Martin, Mark Williams, one of my favorites from Media Day. He seems stronger, seemed motivated. Uh, Patrick Ewan is working with the Charlotte Hornets as a basketball consultant, so that's good maybe for Mark Mark Williams. Um, but yeah, I'm just very excited to see what he does. New hair. He's, he's just got he, – he, he's feeling himself. He's feeling himself, and it's good to see that. We need that. I We know everybody on this roster exuberates confidence, and I love to see it. Mark Williams continue to do it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really it. He just wants to build on what he did last year. He's saying that he gained a little muscle. That's good to see. Then also he was talking about that. You know, he feels comfortable taking a three. And I saw some people saying, oh, we don't need him to take a three. We don't need him to take a three. Yes, you do. And I think people fear that, you know, he may just chuck him out or he may become Christoph Porzingis or something like that. No, I don't think that is what the intent is. The intent is more so to spread out the defense. Um, the team already struggles finishing at the rim. You have Mark Williams down there. You have other, you know, post people down there. Um, it's just gonna let. It's just gonna allow the other team center to sit in the post. Um, obviously, there's other ways the center can sit in the post, but I'm just saying having Mark Williams down there does not help, and then it causes it to be more difficult to finish at the rim. If you can have him sit in the corner and hit, or even take the shot, that's one thing I was saying and kind of defending it was if he just pulls it up comfortably, not like. That video of like Bismet Biombo shooting it and Eric Collins like, oh my goodness. It's not that. Not that at all. If he just gets it and doesn't even think about it, just chucks it and looks pretty, but misses, I think that's enough to keep the defense honest and at least to have to have that center when they're moving down and trying to protect the paint. Therefore, quick second, they'll have to hesitate. They can't just dive into the paint because they know Mark Williams ain't going to shoot the corner three. They have to kind of make a decision, and sometimes they make a mistake and guard Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball, easy layup. Or sometimes they make a mistake, and the way LaMelo Ball could pass, he kicks it out to Mark Williams and cash. So it's just more about keeping the defense on. It's more about being versatile. I really don't expect him to take more than maybe two a game and really don't really expect him to take more than one a game. But all he needs to do is show that he's willing to take the shot. He doesn't really even have to make it. Now, once we get halfway to the season, let's say he's taking 50 and he's missed 50. Okay, maybe maybe one stop and two, you know, for it to be effective, you need to actually start making them. But if he makes a few and he's shooting like 31% from three, 32%, Heck, 28% from three. It shows that he's willing to take it and you don't want to leave him open because you never know when he could catch fire and you never know when he's going to hit that crucial three. Because 28%, hey, I'm taking that from my big man who's just now starting to shoot threes. Uh, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is a huge one. Um, with Gordon Hayward, I forgot to mention, Steve Clifford mentioned that those have been two of the most impressive guys in camp, and they're kind of like, un, not, un, I was about to say, unmandatory. Uh, volunteer, the camp where you don't have to go. It, you don't have to go, but all the players showed up, so that's good to hear. Uh, but Terry Rozier led the charge on that. He said he came back like a month early, and then a lot of players came back like a month early from – uh, they're basically off season to get into work. And Terry Rozier seems motivated. He's reflective of what happened last year, talking about how the way he played. He's not happy with how he played. Um, also, um, addressed uh his his role of kind of being like playing point guard as a necessity. And obviously, he said that you know if I have to do what I have to do, but that's not the role we're kind of looking towards. We're kind of looking for me to be able to do all of it, but really focus on what I do best. And I mean, I mean that's. Perfect answer. Um, he seems like he's leading the charge, and I and I said something on Twitter about I feel like Terry Rozier is entering his like off the court or the coach away from the coach. Every team has one of those players. Um, I think the key part of that is either you want that player hopefully to be a player that's like active on the team and that actually plays as opposed to a guy that's kind of just there on the bench. Um, but I, he's entering that era of his career where he's like, okay, I'm the coach away from the coach. I'm the on the floor general. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not leading the offense like the mellow, but I'm just kind of that, that coach for us on the coach. I mean, on the floor, sorry, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, I'm recording this at 11 at night. And while that's not too late, it's too late to record an hour podcast where I'm talking to myself where you probably, we have turned already but anyway yeah Terry was here 
I, I I've always liked Terry Rozier. I know when people people say people think I don't like Terry Rozier because I say he needs to get traded. It's not that. I've just said that time and time again. His team needs to do an actual rebuild and just slowly build up. But it seems like they're not doing that. So if they're not doing it, then whatever. I keep Terry. Uh, I think he's by far better than you know anything else that we could get. Um, even though I did say that getting Tyler Hero would be interesting. It was just more of like future standpoint. I really don't think they're that different as of right now. The second it's just Tyler Hero's younger. Tyler Hero has a little more in his bag as far as like being able to play make and do a little other couple small things. But Terry's is more of like a dog. Um, so I'll, I'll take that as of right now. The second, uh, but yeah, it, it was more future state for Tyler Hero. But yeah, shout out to Terry was here for being that guy. We're desperately going to need it, and it seems like he's going to be that. Next on this list is Kai Jones, but we've already talked about Kai Jones. James Book Knight is another guy who kind of almost isn't like Kai Jones territory. But uh, briefly, just to talk about James Book Knight, he was saying that you know he understand that last year he didn't play that well, um, but towards the tail end he started getting his stride, and they carried that into the summer. My only concern was that he did not look good in summer league, so I'm not sure if that's what he was referring to when he said that. But yeah, he did not look that good in summer league. In fact, there was times where I was like, okay, this this is James Book Knight thing is done. I don't hope that's the case because we know when James Booknight is on, he is on. We saw that his rookie year in small flashes. We saw that at the end of last year in small flashes. So I hope James Booknight is just motivated. I think his biggest thing is just to be motivated um, and continue to just be headstrong. That if that if there's anything I could put on James Booknight, that would be first before anything you know basketball skill related. Just learn to be motivated. Just learn to not you know be too down on yourself and just continue to bounce back and do what you do best. Because we've seen James Booknight in his bag is one of the it's a scary sight in a good way. So just just focus on you know continue doing that. Could clearing up your headspace, staying out of trouble, and just doing you. Uh, the basketball thing will come, of course, in time. And now the most important thing, because if you have noticed, we have not talked about in full LaMelo Ball yet. He's the last player on this list. Why is he the last player on this list? I don't know, but it's okay. Could we save the best for last? LaMelo Ball entering his fourth year. I saw him talk about kind of being more of a veteran. I saw him talking about, you know, it's kind of like he didn't say playoff or bust, but I, you know, I know what he meant. Me and LaMelo, cool. He, it was playoff or bust. Like they're they're looking they're looking to make the playoffs, um, and I skip oh I skip J T Thor. All right, I'll talk about Lamelo and it will say the the real best for last and J T Thor. But Lamelo basically was saying um best save the best for last or that's not what he said. Lamelo was basically saying <laughs> playoff for bust essentially not bust as in everybody get fired everybody get traded I want to trade but bust as in they they they're not looking for oh well we made. The play in, or we lost in the play in, or we barely, we, you know, we barely missed the play in. They're looking to make the playoffs. And I think they can do that. I think they can do that. Um, two very important things. Well, I mean, they're both kind of about the same thing, but um, he was saying that he's, he feels relatively healthy. Not relatively, he actually feels really healthy. Um, in that he, you know, he's excited to get back on the floor. And one thing that I know was asked of him was like, kind of like, hey, has your injuries impacted the way you want to attack the basket? He said, no, nah, it's not really a mental game. He will continue to, you know, attack the basket and get better at that. He knows he needs to add that to his game, which he's, I feel like he's always been a little self aware of that. But injuries have kept happening to prevent him to really take that next step in that. So hopefully this year he can stay healthy and do so. And hope start part of staying healthy is taking precautionaries. And the old precautionary he plans to take this year is wearing an ankle brace. It may be the most important ankle brace in NBA history. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's going to be in a very important ankle brace because it's it's going to be, you know, the key to our season. Um, also, just the key to LaMelo's health. I, I saw a picture of Alonzo's knees. Do not look good. So I would obviously hate for anyone to deal with injury and continue to have surgeries and whatnot, um, especially because they're in the ankle. I couldn't imagine that. Like any joint, ankle, knee, it doesn't sound good. But Lamelo is just going to do Lamelo. I know we talked about – I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but talked about being a veteran, kind of, you know, my fourth year. I kind of entered the vet role a little bit, um, leaning on guys like Terry and Gordon to kind of get information to them to pass on to the younger guys. Uh, so, yeah, it, it – He's ready to kind of be the leader. He's ready to be that guy. He's very short with words, which is crazy because uh, just no like seeing Lamelo grow up, and this is not what I expected. He, 
I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in basketball, not basketball, not sport related. I don't think I've ever seen anyone ever mature the way LaMelo has. It's, it's almost weird. Uh, but yeah, I just look forward to what he does. Of course, this is going to be, I think can be an all-star season for him. You know, you shoot, you continue shooting the way you shoot. You continue um, the team wins. You average, well, like 21 and something last year, like 21, eight and eight. Oh, no. So he averaged 20. Oh, my God. 23. I'm sorry. He averaged 23, uh, six and eight last year. So 23 points, six rebounds and eight assists. You bumped that up. Maybe like 20. I'll say 23 again. Do 23, eight and eight this year. Psh, that's playoffs. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, that's playoffs. Hopefully if he's averaging that and playing, you know, the right amount of games. But he's averaging that. He's doing what he needs to do. All-star season for him. We made the playoffs. He gets to be the lead of that. I'm tired of hearing his narrative that LaMelo doesn't bring winning bat, doesn't play winning basketball. Like, look, one, look what's around him at the beginning of his career, like the very, very beginning of his career. Two, look what happened as soon as he got a decent team. And three, look what happened as soon as he lost the second best player on his team and everybody else was trash. And admittedly trash. They will tell you they were trash. So tired of hearing like he don't play winning basketball. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But Anyway, that does it for this part. Oh, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I did say I will talk about J.G. Thor. J.G. Thor, once again, motivated, stronger. Those are two words I look to. He said that he felt like people don't take him seriously. Not him specifically, but don't take the Charlotte Hornets seriously. And, and that's one thing they are looking to prove. Um, and it's true. A lot of people around the league do not take the Charlotte Hornets seriously at all. And sometimes Charlotte Hornets fans only take the Charlotte Hornets seriously. And they haven't given us a reason to. But we want to believe in our guys. And that's what we're going to do. J.D. Thor says they're looking to prove everybody wrong. And also his jump shot was going crazy in a little uh, training camp video I was looking for. Which makes sense because he has one of the best jump shots in 2K. So... Maybe maybe it was a sign. Maybe it was a sign that uh, JT Thor was going to be that guy. Uh, but now that does it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for whether you tune in through the podcast, um, through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to the podcast, or you tune in through the YouTube channel. I know this is a little longer than usual, but I, hopefully you like the longer episodes, and we're just going to have a lot for you. I will eventually find a day where I can actually you can you can count on me to upload this. It's just it's hard to find fifty, you know, thirty to thirty minutes to an hour of time to talk to myself. You know what I mean? That, 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 that's the hard part about doing a podcast, especially solo dolo is that it's not recording the content is that I have to kind of continuously talk for 50 minutes, 30 to 50 minutes to myself. Um, so yeah, I want to, you know, hopefully maybe bring some guests. Definitely when the season starts, I have like a list of people I want to bring onto the podcast. Um, so you may not get this clean of audio every time because of just how we have to record certain things. There's only I have one podcast guest in mind that I may can include like here as we record a podcast. So maybe that will, that will help, um, with the audio, but everything else, you, you know, it's going to be over zoom or, um, I was about to say stream beats. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but the one with the duck on it, I forgot it's late, but yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just a big audio file. So I always feel bad when the audio is not the best it can be, but, um, stream That was what I was thinking of. Stream yard, zoom stream yard. But yeah, I'm thinking about just bringing on some guests, because like I said, it's, it's hard to find that time. It, it, when I talk with other people, like when I've done podcasts, like when I used to have Tyler on, and if you're not familiar with Tyler, I had that on. It's on YouTube. You can go find it somewhere. We would talk for like two, almost three hours. Easily. Easily. Um, but when you're by yourself, it's a little more difficult uh, to bounce, you know, bounce ideas and stuff. And I do research. It's just, you know, it's, it's just difficult. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.